Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer. As always, attempting to try to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. We believe a lot here in personal responsibility and accountability and always trying in the midst of chaos, trying to put your best foot forward, eyes on the horizon, chin up, optimistic, always attempting to try. And always, of course, speaking to you in my own voice. If I've learned anything in my time on this precious planet, it's it's to speak up, speak out, and, and hopefully make a difference. Say what you mean, mean what you say. So I want to begin by wishing everybody in our beautiful country of ours and, <coughs> excuse me, those on other countries, other continents, the very, very happiest of holidays, a very, very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, my friends up north, uh, Boxing Day, and for the rest of us, there is the Festivus. And, uh, We'll try to limit the airing of grievances because we're so close to to next week, big week for us here, you know, with Christmas coming and so forth. And for the kiddos, it's always about the kiddos. And I, it's amazing. I was just thinking before I started the show about reminiscing how, you know, I was, remember I was a kid that you always just wanted to grow up and get out. Didn't want anybody telling you what to do. No one controlling you, your life, your lifestyle. Someone invading your privacy. And and, and yet, the, the, as, as, as fast as we grow up, in a blink of an eye, you know, we always seem to find our solace, our glee, with these beautiful, young uh, uh, children who have just no idea of, 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 of some of the things in life and how precious life is and how how dangerous, per se, our life or our planet or, you know, things can be, for goodness sakes. So let's kind of get back on track here, Mr. Dave, <laughs> third-person Dave. Uh, I remember Bob Dole, the great Bob Dole, and, you know, he just passed away, would always speak, Bob Dole is running for president, and if Bob Dole becomes president, Bob Dole will do this. I was going... But sir, you're 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 Bob Dole. You you you're right here in front of yourself. So I'll try to stay on track. But I do appreciate your time, ladies and gentlemen. I know how busy everybody is, and things seem to get uh, ramped up more and more. And we'll talk about that here in a few momentos. But I know that it's so important to to check in with yourself, to have some moments for yourself, as busy as you may be as a parent or running your business, or just running your life, for goodness sakes. sakes. I, 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 it's, it's so important to me that you take time to take care of yourself, and I'm so flattered. We get lots of questions and comments, and again, I know I'm only doing a show basically once every three to four weeks. <clears throat> My health is fine. I'm doing okay. I've just been very, the truth be told, I'm very, very busy on this writing project that I am starting to wrap up on. Uh, the last book took uh, four or five years to do, from start to finish. I'm a very slow writer. This book, uh, uh, start to finish, will take nine months. And it's the most labored uh, book I've ever written. It's about, you know, being of my age and, and looking at your life and where you're at, how you got there, decisions you made, things that happened in your past that might have triggered this to trigger that, that put you down a certain pathway. And it's really, to me, uh, a very romantic, a haunting romantic love story. And for me, it's about that final chance. Folks, I'm going to say this before we, we move on, but with every breath that you take, you have another chance. With every minute that passes, you have another chance. Every thought can change your life. And it's so important that you remain vigilant and responsible to yourself and that you take care of yourself. We talk about that all the time. And fortunately for me, you know, I think my higher power through, a, you know, a series of, 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 of events gave me a final, final, final chance. And it's sad because I am heartbroken still. It, it, just, it just crushes my heart. But at the same time, too, God has given me 
very good health considering everything I've gone through. Uh, uh, allowed to move into an area, the exact area that I wanted to live in, and 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 a fresh start. You know, and I, that's why we, we did the last show, and I appreciate the comments from the last show, towels and sheets. We always think, you know, let's get that car, let's get that new house, let's get the boat, let's get the PlayStation, let's get the... The, 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 the 12-foot surround sound, 4K, 16K, 3D, blah, blah, and, you know, these things. And yet it's always the small daily things, you know, those private things like towels and sheets or just a nice meal or a cup of coffee that really kind of, you know, makes a difference. That's why I'd say seduce yourself a dozen times a day. <laughs> I'm not saying that in a sexual nature, but, you know, have that cup of coffee and relax. Play that music, sing that song, tap your feet. Do something for you every single day because so much can happen. And as busy as you are, I'm just so flattered that you can take your valuable time to listen to the show. And I guarantee you, I'm not going to be your best host, but I will always give you my best. And I guarantee you, you listen to one or two shows and you're going to get something out of it. You're going to, oh, that's a good note. I should write that down. Maybe I forgot that. Maybe I didn't know that. Because we need to better ourselves. And, and that's why our, our, our first question of the show is always, how are you? How are you doing today? How are you doing right now? A lot's going on in the world. And you got the silly season, the holidays and so forth. And the holidays, there's a lot of pressure always of, of, of going to different parties and houses you know, and the traveling and the packing and, and, and spending too much money on, on, on things that other people may not want or need. Trying to appease, trying to keep the peace, trying to get that perfect meal, doing something for the kiddos and visit. I mean, it's just an awful, awful lot. I, and I know that. And please don't forget that. It's so important every day that you distress yourself to get a good night's sleep, to get good exercise. Now, myself included, I, 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 I deliberately haven't eaten a lot this holiday season, but I'm too afraid <laughs> to weigh myself. My goodness, I used to be so skinny. I just saw a photo of myself with a, my air crew member friends. We were, uh, it was Marty, uh, Stephen Duncan, Dan Nolette, and myself. We were kind of the dream team. And there's a photo of Marty laughing and, 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 and Dan gushing and myself with a mischief smile. I can't pronounce that word very well. Very, 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 very sinister, hmm, snarky smile. And I must have cracked a joke. And, and, and I remember I was really taunt back then. I think I had a 30-inch a waist, or, or maybe a 29-inch waist at the time, and 16-inch and, and guns, arms. <laughs> and I had that Arnold Schwarzenegger, the haircut of Schwarzenegger. You know, from the Terminator and the Commando, the flat top with all the grease uh, stuff you put on it. I remember on the flight line, the, the, my, my, it looked like my face is melting because I had all that grease on my hair. And the flight line could be, uh, oh, my goodness, a good 100, 110 degrees on the tarmac. So all my, <laughs> all my grease from my hair would start melting. My goodness. Boy, those were the days, weren't they? We thought they'd never end. And that's what we need to do, folks. If, 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 if you want to take a note for this show, here it is, one day at a time. Do all that you can, as much as you can, for as many as you can, but do it one day at a time. If the virus has taught us anything, ladies and gentlemen, is that there's going to be good days and there's going to be very, very not so good days. So you've really got to take care of yourself. <coughs> Excuse me, I can't seem to, I had some water before the show. Sorry about that. And, of course, I'm broadcasting this show uh, in, in my humble little SUV, and it is literally 38 degrees outside, and I broadcast the show inside this enclosed SUV. <laughs> so I'm a little chilly vanilla. This is how dedicated we are to you. I want to make sure you get some good stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. So please, ladies and gentlemen, take a moment for yourself. Don't go to bed upset. Just tell your partner, tell your love, tell the kids, I love you. My love is unconditional. I don't agree. Let's work this out. 
Let's hug it out. Hug it out, as we say. Hug it out, for goodness sakes. So please take care of yourself this holiday season. Uh, be responsible when you're drinking and driving and so forth. Uh, uh, we, that's our safety message of the day. So let's kind of get to it, folks. Uh, I was going to try to do a show for you last week, and I've been so busy, and, and I'm, maybe I'm glad I didn't because this week is just, oh, my goodness. If, if you live in the south, they had tornadoes over 250 miles, a huge swath, leveled, uh, uh, I think, uh, the town of Maxville, Kentucky, if I'm correct, particularly the candle-making facility, factory. They had it. And, and they did all their drills and safety things, and they built it the code, and it still just, just smashed them. 55 tornadoes in, in 12 hours. In one area, they think over 100 deaths are still digging out. And it just breaks the heart. Because as of, uh, what, three weeks ago, they've discovered the CDC, discovered a new variant from South Africa. And it's just, it's, this, this is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. And, and it's a lot of stress. And let's kind of talk about this. And, and this is whether you're going through a divorce or whether you think you're alone or whether something keeps kind of bubbling up in your system or whether it's just the stress of shopping and parking and traffic or the stress, okay, the kids are coming back from some colleges, aren't they're, they're, they're doing online again. Uh, some, some counties here in particularly in Northern California, they're, they're talking about, okay, do we have to lock down? What do we have to do? So it's a lot of stress day by day. And so here's what I recommend, purging. Tell your kids, bring in the family, bring them in. Kids, we need to talk about this. This is the big talk. We're a family, we're a unit. Here's what's going on. Don't give them the whole bale of hay. Just say to them, let them know this is what's going on. The fit is starting to hit the shan once again. And let them vent. I remember one time Stephen was, my lovely son, I think was what, uh, oh goodness, maybe 13, maybe 12, 13, that very, very tender young age. And I was, I, I drove up to watch him play baseball and, and things weren't going good for him on this one baseball game. And I knew he was frustrated and I, I was raising him to be a gentleman. You don't swear, you open up doors for ladies, you say, sir, you say, ma'am, you want to be a very good person. And I looked at him, and we're driving. I say, Steve, let it out. 30 seconds, say or do anything you want to do. Just do it, because he was just bubbling. And he said a few cuss words, and I think I wrote one down. I'm going, wow, that's a good, very difficult cuss word. I didn't know that one. You know, it's amazing, too, when you really find out who you are. Again, not in the best of times, but when things aren't going so well for you. And then you somehow work through it and you bond closer. We talk about that all the time. Still, he's a young man. He's 36 now with his own little two-year-old boy. And he vented and he felt a little bit better. He couldn't change the situation, didn't change the outcome. But at least the bubbling effect, you just vent that bubbling effect. Do that with your kids. Your kids know, you know, basically if they're over 10 or 12, you know, it's like, okay, we realize there's no Sandy Claus. We get it. We'll go through the motions. We understand. They know how bad life can be, how, how, how you know, things can change in a moment. And let them know, you know, we don't know what's going on. This is our family plan. We are going to have to mask. We're going to have to cancel that one outing. They know. They understand. And sure, they're going to be disappointed. And sure, they don't want to, you know, know go through the whole experience. But work as a unit. And if you're alone, one, you're not. If you have a friend here at the show, you have neighbors, there's things, people you can meet, there's things you can do. But I always tell people if, 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 if you live alone and you don't go out that much and things are bubbling, you can still purge. I always tell people, pick a chair. Put a pillow on a chair and yell at the pillow. Yell at the chair. Get it, get it out of your system. I tell people, once you do that, put a, put, put a stone or put a coin in a jar every time you do that. And then after a week or a month, empty it out and see how far you've done. See how good you feel. Let it out. It's kind of, <clears throat> excuse me again, you know, not, not to be gratuitous here, but it's kind of like going to the bathroom. Everybody poops. Okay. Everybody poops. It's amazing. You do what you do. You ingest so much stuff. 
Your body processes all the things that it needs. When it doesn't, it becomes waste. You go to the bathroom, you do your business, and sometimes, oh my God, what, what did I eat? It's smelly, it is what it is. But you know what's amazing about going to the bathroom, ladies and gentlemen? Let's think about this. You go to the bathroom two or three times a day, whatever. You, you, you get up, you flush it away. You wash your hands. Maybe you put on a, a, a hand lotion. Comb your hair, readjust yourself. You go out in your business and you never think about that poop again. You just pooped out some serious crap. Some nasty stuff that you, again, ingested. Okay? And you just let it out and you never think about it again. You move on with your life. You know there's going to be more poop tomorrow or whenever. Everybody knows that. You don't know what's coming down the pike. But for now, you got it out of your system. That's so important to do, ladies and gentlemen. So with all this stress that's going on with the holidays, with the new virus, with 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 mandates that are coming down the pike, because we know there's going to, it's, it's, it's because it's, you know, the winter months, you know, winter's coming, as they say. So I'm trying to say, get some good things, you know, build up your resistance, your ammo, and think about things that you can do every day to relieve your stress. Don't bottle it up. So that's why I say, talk to your kids, talk to your partner, talk to yourself, do something, anything you can to relieve that stress. Well, let's kind of get to this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I just, before I did the show here, I was looking at the numbers. And uh, my goodness, let me get to the right page. I apologize. So we're looking at two, uh, 802,000 deaths, which is approximately 1,150 a day that we're losing to the virus. We're up 40% uh, than we were uh, with, with, with you know people getting sick and people dying. Uh, we're up 40% from last month alone. We're looking at 118,000 cases a day from this. And 800,000 is an awful lot. But then uh, someone said, well, Dave, at least we're not back in, in you know, what was it, 1918. You know, when, 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 when they had that virus and it killed a lot of people. And, and think about that. We do have on the good side, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say this. I may say it again and again. We are better off this year, this December, than we were last year. They're tracking it sooner. The, you've, 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 you've got the vaccines are, are, are still rolling out. And yes, it's going to be inconvenient. We may have to get a booster shot, another shot, another shot. It just is what it is. We have to build up our immune system. We do have the mask. Maybe we have to... You know, the, the, the kids can't go to school, and, and, and some colleges are doing them online again. They're starting to cancel concerts and so forth, which I totally understand. We have to be vigilant, and this is the, this is the new life, for goodness sakes. And I think that is the word, be vigilant to yourself and to your family, for goodness sakes. So that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I, I do kind of think that, like I say, it's kind of a tsunami. We had the big wave and then a little bit of a smaller wave and a little bit of a smaller wave after that. And it's, you know, thank goodness uh, there's, there's less stress in, in the political world. <laughs> thank goodness the, 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 the vaccines rolled out as fast as they did. Thank God for, for our doctors and, and, and specialists in the medical field and those working, you know, at, at CDC and so forth. And thank God for your first responders. And for our teachers and those people that drive the trucks to get us our food. That people check us out at the, at the supermarket, that they're there, that we're getting our fuel, we're heating our homes. Thank goodness for our families and friends and neighbors. And maybe, you know, this, 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 this is not what we wanted. Because I think we're so used to everything being a, such a quick fix. We, our internet goes out, boom, we, we get upset about that. We got to redo the router, we got to reset the system, boop. We want what we want when we want it. But this is this is going to be a haul. And it just is what it is, myself included, because I'm the first one when I found out about the new virus. I was the one who says, oh, my goodness, snot burgers. Snot burgers, burgers, poo-poo head, poo-poo breath. Ah! I want, you know what I really want is I want to go back to the days that you can see people smiling. 
I mean, you try to smile with your eyes. It looks kind of weird, especially with me wearing glasses. Hey, how are you? What are you doing? I'm smiling at you. You look kind of weird there, Dave. I know, but I'm smiling behind my mask. I'm trying. And then when we saw people without their mask, oh, my God, ladies in makeup and lipstick and rouge and so forth. And just beautiful. That's, I think, what I'm, I'm looking for. That's one of the things I think I, I, I miss the most is to see people smiling, for goodness sakes. But we're just going to have to. We're just going to have to uh, live with it. So last week, ladies and gentlemen, it's story time now. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you this story because it's, it's, it's very personal. And it's very private. And hopefully you can get something out of it. But last week I had to, had to see a childhood friend. I've, I've, I've known this, this, this man for, my goodness, 45 years. As some of you may not know, I was in foster care. I was placed in foster care. I was rescued uh, uh, by my teachers and a beautiful police officer, and I was placed in foster care because my mother was sick. My mother was horribly sick, and uh, for whatever rhyme or reason, decided to vent her frustrations out on me, and, and it was a very, very serious abuse case. I was uh, It started before the age of four. I was rescued at age 12. I lived in the basement, blah, 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 blah. And, and I bounced around from foster home to foster home, different foster families. It just was what it was. And, and foster care, I know, doesn't get the PR it deserves. If, if you like me for more than five minutes, <laughs> you you, you got to take, you know, kudos to give those kudos to social services and foster care. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I was in foster care for about a year and a half. This, 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 this child uh, therapist announced to my social worker and my befuddled foster mother, there is no chance in hell. There is no chance in hell, he said, that this boy is going to turn out to be okay. He's not going to be normal. The fact that I was isolated to live in a basement on and off from age 4 to age 12, I had no social skills. I had no social standing. I can barely, at age 14, been in foster care for a year and a half now, at age 14, I can barely talk. I wasn't allowed to speak. And when you swallow ammonia twice in 24 hours, it does mess up your trachea and esophagus. I do know at times I, Dave, I think sometimes you speak kind of fast. Yeah, I, I, I guess I do. It's normal for me. But I have to keep what they call my tube lubed. I didn't really hold any social currency. I didn't have any standing. And the, this, this, this one guy says, you know, death or prison by the time he's four, age 18. And that was the thing, ladies and gentlemen, and, and here's a note that you can write down. I just remember thinking to myself, and my social worker said it too, isn't it amazing that you can have a thought or you think of someone and they call you? Isn't it amazing that you can think of something and someone can say exactly the same thing that they just thought of? Because when that doctor said that, you know, I, I said to myself, if I can survive this, I can do that. It's going to be a challenge, but it's like I always say, if you can survive cancer, you can survive the flu, the cold. If you can survive a bad divorce, you can survive an argument with your next partner, your next love. When we finally, 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 finally get out of this bloody virus, my goodness, dancing in the streets. You know, politically, the the, the Trump years were just so draining so much confusion so much rage so much anger and now i mean there's always going to be a left and a right they're not going to get along but even though that's still going on it's not as bad i remember waking up during the trump times and thinking are we at war with anybody today i certainly hope not (laughs) with everything going on it's like me i mean I, i i love my my former mrs pelzer and I know where I now I now know, you know, where mistakes were made on both sides. And some days are, are, are better than others. And, and, and it does get better, ladies and gentlemen. It does get better, for goodness sakes. So anyhow, I was in foster care and, 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 and lived in what's called San Mateo County in Northern California. And for some reason, our foster family moved. And I actually thought when I saw this neighborhood, because the neighborhoods I, I, I lived in were not, one was very, very ghetto-esque. It really was. 
But when you're a kid, you don't care. You know, you just got you got three meals a day, and you got a hot, you got a you got a bed to sleep in, and so forth. It was, it was like great for me. But this foster family and myself, we moved into what I call Leave It to Beaver neighborhood. If you're under 40, just Google Leave It to Beaver and listen to the opening theme song. Or it was very Norman Rockwell, Robert Kincaid-esque. Beautiful homes. White picket fences. Everything was clean. Wide streets. Kids playing in the streets. Now, I know I'm getting old because I'm going to say, you know, back in my day, I tell you kids something. Back in my day, we didn't have the Xbox. We didn't have internet. We all we, we played outside in the street. We had sticks. We went bang, bang, bang. You played cops and robbers. We played World War II. <laughs> you ran through people's fences and backyards, and you just played, and you laughed. And I never got a chance to do that as a kid for obvious reasons. And in foster care, I was a worker. I was working a good 30, 40 hours a week in junior high. I was putting at least 60 in high school, and I happened to be a freshman when I moved in this neighborhood. And, and it was a leave-it-to-beaver neighborhood. Unbelievable. And, 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 and it, was, it was very 70s. You know, you, you, you had the guys club. Everybody would go to Mr. Brazil's garage. He was kind of like uh, Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. We, as kids, were not allowed into the garage. And that's where the men hung out from like three to five. And the women, uh, uh, the ladies, would hang out in another house or, or go in the backyard and have their tea and glass of wine before dinner and so forth. And as kids, we just played. And I'll never, ever forget walking down the street and it was, it was uh, I think it was the, the last week of October, 1976, maybe, 75. And I met a guy named David Howard trying to play basketball. And we went over to meet Paul Brazil, who was a short, uh, a little bit short guy. And just, you can tell, if you've ever seen the movie Beautiful Mind, this was Paul. Paul, his mind was always dot, 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 thinking, thinking, thinking. And, and, and we were all, we, we called ourselves the three idiots or the, not the three wise men, but the three stooges. And we just bonded. See, my brothers and I were close in the very, very beginning. But as things digressed, per se, my mom would say, don't you end up like the boy. Don't be bad like the boy. Otherwise, I would treat you like the boy. My brothers used to, in the very beginning, used to make uh, uh, mayonnaise sandwiches for themselves, make an extra one for me, open a door and throw it down the stairs and they'd give me something to eat. But as things digressed over the years, you know, they, 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 were, they were just brainwashed and it got to me the mentality, hey, better you than me. Sorry, dude. And then when my parents separated, my mom announced, oh, the reason why your father and I aren't living together because the boy is so bad. And they used to kind of take turns beating me up, out, taking out their frustrations, which per se is normal in this relationship. So I had to detach. Now, as a young foster child, a young teenager, I got to play with Dave and Paul. For the first time in my life, basically, I got to play. I think one of the best Christmases I ever had, ladies and gentlemen, as a young person. No, it is, without a doubt, the best Christmas I ever had. I, don't, I mean, I, we didn't get a lot of toys as foster kids. It just was what it was. And that, 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 that's fine. Howard told me one time that one Christmas that he got over two dozen toys and can't remember any of them. I think I got one or two little toys and it meant the world to me. And he was so surprised, like, wow, you've got nothing, but it means the world to him. I'm going, well, yeah, that's, that's how it is. That one Christmas vacation, I will never forget this. I wasn't working. I remember just getting up and going outside and just waiting. And, and, and Howard used to come out first, so we'd walk him up and down the street. We'd always wait for Paul because Paul would get up late. His mom would make him a breakfast, you know, to clean up your room. You can't go outside. And we would wait like, come on, Paul, let's go, let's go. And back in the day, we had these little scooter bikes, motor bikes, mini bikes, I think we called them. It was basically an old uh, 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 lawnmower engine that you bolted onto a frame and you just ripped it, you just you know, did that thing. And we used to either ride our bikes or walk up and down the street or, or the two of us, Paul and I, we'd have mini bike races up and down the street. And then Paul always won. He had a bigger engine. He didn't weigh so much. He had brakes. I didn't. 
And I just remember we would just go to this park called Flood Park, and we'd have a little fireplace going, a little barbecue fireplace, and we'd talk about our futures. What did we want to do? Where did we want to be? And we'd come back for lunch, and we'd go out again, and we, we, we would play, you know, until they called us in for dinner. And that was the thing, too. If, if you were messing around the one side of the block and Miss Nalen saw you, she'd phone, you know, Paul's mother, hey, the kids are doing this. Or, you know, hey, Paul, David, Howard, Pelzer, dinner, go home for dinner. And we eat a quick dinner and we, boom, this go out again before nightfall. We did absolutely everything by doing nothing. Wow, do you remember those days, ladies and gentlemen? Before the internet? Before the surround sound TV, DVD, Blu-ray, PlayStation, just doing absolutely everything by doing nothing. Think about how much time and effort we put into our vacations. I'm going to try to do it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. But I want to go on a cruise. I've always wanted to go on a cruise since I read, you know, in the basement, I read uh, Robinson Crusoe and Treasure Island and Huckleberry Finn. You know, I've always wanted to go on a cruise. And, and everybody says, what are you going to do? I says, nothing. I'm going to work out. I'm going to read. I'm going to sit at the end of the bar and just people watch. I just love to people watch. I'll get decked out. Oh, heck yeah. I will wear my nice Armani suit and, and maybe my tuxedo, whatever it calls for, and do absolutely nothing. I'm kind of excited about wrapping up the book. You know why? So I can do absolutely nothing. The house keeps me busy. I keep myself busy. But it's nice to do absolutely <sighs> nothing. Hmm. Isn't that relaxing, ladies and gentlemen? And that's what we did as kids. It was so, so amazing. I cherish, I cherish that time because last week I got to visit Paul. He's not doing too well. He, it's, it's, he has cancer, which is very sad. He, he beat cancer twice. He has cancer of the neck and throat, and that really makes me cry. My father died of cancer of the neck and throat. He was in the hospital for about four or five months, completely alone. My mother was so evil. She deliberately didn't tell his firefighter buddies where he was at. My firefighter buddies thought he was either dead or moved on or just disappeared because my father was homeless. I got to see my father before he died. He couldn't talk. He couldn't walk. He couldn't communicate with his eyes. He couldn't write. And I thought, how sad was that to die alone? And he died of cancer of the neck and throat. I, myself, have what's called a herniated esophagus and trachea, in part from swallowing pneumonia twice in 24 hours. And when I get the hiccups, it's really, really hurts and it's very painful. I mean, obviously the, the bile that comes up and I have to do certain things. I have to eat certain things or I can't eat certain things. And, you know, I try to take care of myself. There's a saying, if you're over 50, your part-time job is to take care of your body, take care of yourself, your mental health as well, for goodness sakes. And I got to see Paul and it was really, really, really kind of sad. We, we were, I only stayed in that neighborhood for about three and a half, four months. And it had such a profound effect on my life. We were just, we would just explode with joy. We would walk around the block. We made master plans. Uh, 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 I'm sure the neighborhood was happy to see me go. Because <laughs> I was the F child, the foster child. And I remember how when I first met him, wow, man, what did you do to become a foster kid? Did you kill someone? I'm like, what? Man, you must have been really, you must be a badass, man, because you're a foster kid. Like they, I, was like, I was like the skinny version of James Dean. I had a sunken in chest, and I would sport these, uh, 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 what was it called, uh, tank tops, ribbed tank tops. You know, I, I, I saw it on a James Bond movie. Roger Moore wore one, and my other one of my action heroes, Charles Bronson, wore one, and they were tough guys. I had a sunken in chest wearing a tank top. Yeah, the neighborhood threat. I remember one time uh, I was dared to say hello to Kathy Nalen. She lived down the street. Miss Nalen and Mr. Nalen had like, they're Catholics, so they had like, I think they had seven, eight kids. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I think they had one bathroom. So <laughs> that must have been entertaining. And I was dared to say hello to Kathy Nalen. 
you know, because I was like, you know, uh, I was a couple years older than the boys and probably thought, oh, man, you must be more mature. You must know things we don't. Like, well, you've had foster sisters. I'm like, yeah, and? So I, I, I remember knocking on the door, and, and I had on my best flannel T-shirt, and Paul greased my hair or, or, or gave me his father's cologne. And knocked on the door, and, and Miss Nalen answers it, and she just goes, oh, my God, you're that little foster child. I don't know who you are or what you did, but don't you ever come to my door. Don't you ever call on my children. If anything, I don't want you I don't want you walking on my side of the street. Blah, 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 blah. The finger of fate pointing in my face. And I remember just shrinking. I remember just shrinking right in front of her. And I felt exactly like I did when my mom used to do that. And I wanted to tell her, no, I'm a good kid. I know I'm a loud kid and I play a lot, but... I'm, I'm, I'm not some master, I'm not a criminal. I'm not some evil mastermind. And you know what was beautiful, though? Times change, folks. You see things differently as you grow up and grow older. You should be more open-minded, I believe, and more forgiving. And it was many, many years later that I happened to bump into her. She hosted a party. I happened to be in the area. I was invited through another friend, and we sat and talked on her bed, her up, she had a, a up upstairs bedroom. I sat and talked on the foot of her bed, and she apologized. She says, "We didn't know what foster kids were about. We didn't know that that, that they came from horrible broken homes. You know, you it's it's amazing how your ignorance, how you're raised with ignorance, and you accept certain things. And I always say, look at the source. When someone says, "I don't like this person. This person's a loser. This person, blah 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 blah." Really. And you're the, what is, what is it you do exactly? You don't like someone because of the color of their skin or their religion, their race. Their, 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 you don't like, it, it, I grew up that, that homosexuality was bad. That was evil. That these guys were, you know, and you're like, oh my God, oh my God. And you don't like someone because of this or that. And maybe, you know, I, my son's generation has really changed a lot on how they accept things. Less ignorance. More, again, acceptance of, just accept the person for who they are from the inside. And we made up, Mrs. Nail and I, we made up and we hugged. And, 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 and back in the day, I used to send flowers to Miss Nalen, to Miss Howard, David Howard's mom, Miss Brazil, Paul's mom, a couple other ladies. They had two vans with huge bouquets on Mother's Day. And they'd call, oh, my God, I got my bouquet. You're getting yours in a few minutes. I thought that was such a beautiful thing. And I used to visit Miss Nalen every time I came to the neighborhood. I tried to visit her last week, but, you know, she wasn't there. So I can spend time with Paul. It was amazing because Paul soured. I, I would visit the neighborhood every once in a while when I got my driver's license. And that was probably, you know, another story here. Uh, that was things, 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 things were not quiet when I got my driver's license. And then I sold cars. And what we would do, the three of us, we would somehow see movies, these Burt Reynolds movies, and attempt to try stunts. We thought the stunts were real. Paul was so smart, he would analyze. He would analyze how much speed we had, how much air you had on the tire, molecule compression, what? So we can jump or do things or... Spin out, burn out, do all these crazy stunts. Uh, let me see. Paul and I did a stunt one time in which we were going to jump the, the railroad tracks. There was you, you went down a little hill, had a little incline, the railroad tracks. We wanted to jump over it like Burt Reynolds. We did that once. I had a brand new car, brand new uh, Z28 then Chevy Camaro as I was a car salesman. And we landed. Everything was fine. Until I noticed that Paul seemed a lot shorter than normal. I'm driving the car. I look uh, down and to the right. <coughs> and I noticed he's kind of, seems to be hunched over. And I'm like, Paul, what's wrong? He says, Dave, don't move. What do you mean don't move? Dave, I think we're on two wheels. And we were. Just like in the James Bond movie, Diamonds Forever. <coughs> or the Burt Reynolds films. Doing those stunts. We were on two wheels for about a good 30 seconds. Unbelievable. And we developed um, a, a, a following. One time we, there was a, a, a fast food hamburger joint. <coughs> Pardon me. And, and, and it had a curb. 
And I remember we ran, I mean, just 40, 50 miles per hour down the street, hit the curb in such a way that the truck went airborne, three or four feet in the air, Paul and Dave were in the back of the of the truck, and their butts were above my rearview mirror. And there was BBs, and there was this line of BBs, like, oh, my gosh. And I thought, they're going to fall out of the truck and die. But they landed back in the bed of the truck, and people were clapping and applauding us, and we were heroes. The hardest stunt we did in the vehicle, though, the coolest stunt we pulled off, was driving at about 30, 35 miles per hour backwards. Looking forward. This using our rearview mirrors, seat of the pants, and that caused quite the commotion because it forced the other cars going the opposite direction. Oh my God, what is going on here? We drove perfectly backwards. We only did it once because I, 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 I was so scared, I think I spotted myself. Perfectly straight backwards. I think we did that for like a good half mile or so. We were always doing something. For goodness sakes. Paul, again, was the brainiac. Dave and I were just the happy, ah, excitable boys. Warren Zivon, excitable boy. But Paul, basically, as a very young man, soured. He he just kind of soured on life. And it was amazing because I was slowly getting close to Paul's father. He was the Mr. Goodwrench of the neighborhood. See, my thing was, I was kind of crafty. I would always take a broom. I'd, I'd run in and run out real quick before Mr. Brazil can catch me. And I would sweep the outside of the garage. And then I'd make two feet into the garage and sweep and get out and just, and he knew, saw me and he didn't say anything. And eventually I would sweep the inside of the garage, top, back and forth, the whole thing. I get a rag and wipe off his tools and place them back where they belonged. And then when I was driving or working on my own little cars that I bought, can I borrow a wrench? And he gave me the whole lecture. Well, if you pick up a wrench, you got to clean it off. You got to put it exactly. If you lose it, you buy it, you pay for it. If I used the sandpaper, I gave him a couple bucks because that's a lot of sandpaper. And I was in. I was slowly in. I remember the first time I called Mr. Marsh Mike. And it was like, whoa. But I was 17 at the time. I was in with, 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 with the men, for goodness sakes. And I remember, uh, uh, it was I think it was Mike Marsh, Sergeant Marsh, the Doc Savage of Dunmere. He was Dunsmere. And, 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 and he was a cross between W.C. Fields and John Wayne and Hunter S. Thompson. You know, he would say lines like, you know, a man who hates whiskey or a man who loves whiskey and hates kids can't be all bad, buckaroo. He just had a certain flair about him. I used to just watch him speak, the words that came out of his mouth. These men had such a profound effect on my life. And one time, uh, Mr. Marsh was hoarding court, and all right, here it is. The jury is back. We have decided here's how it's going to go down. Paul Brazil, NASA. Paul Brazil will go to Mars. Paul Brazil will engineer the rockets. Paul's going to be something. Howie, David Howard. This young man's going to be a civil servant. He's going to be a police officer or a firefighter. And I remember thinking, <laughs> there's no way... Dave's going to be a firefighter. He's going to be a cop. Why? Duh. Guns. Cars. Chases. Handcuffs. Mayhem. That's Howie. Of course, Mr. Marsh gives me a little wink. This Pelzer child? I don't know about him. I'm thinking prison. That's a good job for him. He will be an inmate. He'll be in our custodial. Well, he'll be under custodial lockdown. And I kind of smile like, okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. But Paul kind of soured. You know, and it was sad because you got to see his beautiful sister just blossoming and, and doing well in school and friends. And Paul, Paul, for some reason, kind of soured on life. And, and him, his father, you know, I know he was always trying to be smart and, 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 and being his dad's shadow. And, and Paul was brilliant. At age 14, this is not a joke, he was actually being looked upon by NASA. When I moved out, my foster parents eventually moved out of the house. It was a rental. And this Italian family, physically from Italy, who didn't understand English very much, the man worked for NASA. One of his jobs was, was these, these, these things on the space shuttle. 
the things that you put underneath the space shuttle. I, f- I forgot what they're called, and, and, and he designed them. And, 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 and he, he, he saw Paul and, and would try to work with Paul, and he says, you need, you know, keep doing your school, and NASA is for you. We want you in NASA. And this was at age 14. When the movie Star Wars came out, Paul was MIA for about two weeks. Every day he saw Star Wars. Then he went to his garage, MIA for another two weeks, and he built an actual R2-D2. It didn't have the servers or the motors or the sounds, but basically it was the exact replica of R2-D2. Somehow, he, he put, it was just, there was a hobby shop in the city, and he somehow got it in, 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 in this hobby shop, and someone from Lucas Films, which was, you know, a few miles up the street, heard about it, and they used it in one of their, little, one of their first little Star Wars conventions. This is before Star Wars got really, really big, before the release of the second film. Paul was this genius, but he soured, and he soured on life. I don't even think he graduated high school. He just became a recluse, and he had this attitude about us versus them, and it was really sad to see this. He, he, he eventually lost his driver's license. Jobs were hard to get for him. He just wanted to be his mechanic and just leave him alone. He lived in this house. He still lives in the house. That is, that is when his father passed away. His, his mom was living in her own granny unit by Dory, the daughter, and her husband. They, had a big, they have a big estate. And there was a little granny unit, and she used to live there. But used to come over and take care of Paul, make sure he's got something to eat, doing his laundry, folding his laundry. And, it, it, you know, his mom became like an enabler. And it was just sad because David and I moved on. I, with the Air Force, he owned a business as a plumber. He did very well, did, does, still does very well for himself. You know, married, divorced kid, and, and, and married again. And it was just sad to see this, this happen to Paul. Because we had a master plan, the three of us as kids. Mine was very simple. I was going to marry Dory, his beautiful, beautiful sister. And one of the reasons I was going to marry Dory, duh, so I can get in more so with, 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 with Dan, the father. And eventually, Miss, Miss, Miss Brazil, Paul's mom, would warm up to me. The master plan was I was going to be the great Gatsby. I was going to earn a million dollars buy the house across the street, basically, come up with a cure for cancer. Then Beth might warm up to me. Mrs. Brazil would warm up to me because she didn't like me either because I was, you know, a foster child. I was very rambunctious. And, and the three of us got into a lot of trouble. We don't have time for this show to talk. I actually wrote a book called The Privilege of Youth. It talks about my time in the neighborhood and some of the things we did. Okay? Unbelievable. But the master plan was I would marry Dory. Paul was going to marry Dave Howard's sister, Cheryl, and Howie would marry the beautiful Susie Nealon. Hubba, hubba. She was the, the, the cheerleader girl of, of, of the block, you know, a little bit short, and she had the, that Paula Abdul figure. Beautiful. Dory was just absolutely gorgeous. But, of course, I had a crush on Dory. She was always the princess bride to me. But it was sad. It was sad over the years as I joined the Air Force to see my, my, my brother, as I called him. You know, how's it going, Paul? Well, I don't know. You know, the government's doing this and the government that. And I, Paul, what's up? How's it going? Well, the, the, what do you think of that movie? It was okay, you know. God, it was just, it was just terrible. And I remember... Uh, Many years ago, I was, I was in the Bay Area doing a presentation for a, 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 a local boys and girls club. And I was done by like 8 o'clock in the morning. And usually my schedule is so full. Seven appearances a day, changing clothes five times a day, just going all over the universe. And my sheet was clear. I even called the office and going, guys, am I, what's that word called? Oof? Am I oof today? Yes, Mr. Pelzer, you are officially off today. Oh, my God, I'm off. I'm off. And I happened to be driving through the neighborhood. I pulled, you know, I'm, I'm very compartmentalized. And I said, you know what? I pulled into the street and I parked the car. And by coincidence, remember we talked about those coincidences? These small little things that really make such a difference. 
Dave Howard pops out of his old home because he's visiting his, his, his mom, his, elderly, his then elderly mom not doing too well, being a good son that he is, made sure his mom's doing okay, has food and, you know, the heater and on, and, and, and is there gas in the car, mom? Let me take care of you. Pops out of the house. We hug. And we kind of cry a little bit. And we both did something simultaneously that was so beautiful. We knelt down. We knelt down and looked at the block. The block, of course, was very quiet. The marshes had moved. You know, Mr. Brazil passed away of cancer himself. The neighborhood changed. It used to be the block party of all blocks, ladies and gentlemen. There was always something going on. Kids were always in the streets, but things kind of changed. We knelt down, and then we stood up, and we both kind of said, when did this get smaller? And then we looked at each other and said, oh, my God, you want to? Okay, let's do that. And we skipped. We half skipped, half ran to Paul's house. We knocked on the door the way we used to. Dun, 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 bum, bam, bam. And by coincidence, Mrs. Brazil, Beth Brazil, opens the door in total shock. And we said the same thing we did as kids. Can Paul come out and play yay yay? And of course, Paul, David Howard, David Pelzer's here. All right, Mom, I'm still eating breakfast. He's still eating breakfast. You, you boys will have to wait. <laughs> but I got to see my friend Paul last week. And uh, it's, it's, it is kind of sad, and it is what it is. And I remember one time, the last time I saw him, it was a few years back, and it was an intervention of sorts. And Dave Howard was with me, and Mrs. Brazil was there, and, and I, just, I just leveled them. I says, Paul, I'm just sick of this attitude. You're killing yourself. Look what you're doing to your mom. You need to get in program. You need to grow up, get your driver's license, get your own apartment, and get out and move on with your life. He's like, but you don't understand, man. Life is hard, man. It's, it's just hard out there. Yeah, it's hard, but you've got to, you've got to do something different because you're going to die if you keep drinking like this. You've got to quit smoking. You've got to just change your lifestyle. And he kind of gave me the attitude like, what the hell do you know, dude? And I looked at Mrs. Brazil like, can I do this? Can I say this? And she gave me the nod. And Howard, man, it's like he backed up his chair like, oh, man, the fit's going to hit the shan. He's going full Pelzer. Pelzer's going full Pelzer. And I did. And I was kind of crying. I was so mad I was crying. I said, what the F is your problem, punk? You punk ass. You have everything and all so much of it. If I had your family, I could have been somebody. And that shocked him. I had, at that time, the books were doing well. The number one books in the world. I had an Air Force career behind me. I was doing work in child abuse prevention. I had accolades. Unbelievable. Uh, 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 Sir Roger Moore was one of the judges for the 10 Outstanding Young Person of the World Award. You want to talk about coincidence? Chuck Yeager, Christopher Reeves, uh, Walt Disney, Orson Welles had the Outstanding Young Person of the World Award. Elvis Presley, and I had that award. I had the National Jefferson Award. It's considered the Pulitzer Prize of public service. And I'm not saying it because, oh, I have these things. It's what they represent. And I told Paul, I could have been somebody. And I meant that. I told him I could have been a good doctor. I could have been a really good therapist. I could have been like a U.S. senator. Pass bills, make things better for people. I could have been someone if I had your upbringing and your parents. Don't tell me how hard your life is, punk. And then Dave leveled on him too. He basically said the same thing. And we weren't trying, we were just trying to get Paul's attention. And eventually he got the help that he needed. But unfortunately, you know, what you do to your body 20, 30 years beforehand is going to start talking to you, just like mine with my esophagus and trachea, for goodness sakes, or just like relationships. Maybe I didn't invest as much time in love as I should have with my beautiful bride. I, I'm at the age that I fear, oh my God, I hope I did not cripple psychologically my own son. Maybe I wasn't there enough. Maybe I didn't say this. Maybe I didn't do this. And I'm trying to, you know, look at my life differently. 
I'm trying to build fences rather than walls. That's why I say these things over and over and over. Take care of yourself. Don't go to bed upset. You know, that's why it's so important. And I'm going to try to visit Paul, you know, when I get the moment. And that's why I want to do the show. I'm trying to get the book done. I'm trying to put things, I'm trying to put my house in order, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this whole thing about life is, is putting things in their proper perspective. Don't get tied up in the silly things. Don't go to bed upset. It's amazing because in, the, in these days, especially in this time, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a fluid world. And this is the time that you never know, particularly at my age, you never know about what storm is coming down the path. Imagine going to sleep and waking up and there's 50, 55 tornadoes that hit in a matter of hours that levels buildings, destroys everything in your life in the middle of another virus, in the middle of the silly season with a lot of stress, with a lot of stress going on. What do I always say in the show, ladies and gentlemen? You never know what the tide's going to bring in the next day. You never know, for goodness sakes. So, my thoughts and prayers are with my good friend, my brother. I call him my brother, Paul. I signed a book for him. I said, it's a book on the SR-71. If you want a good book on the SR-71, it's called Sled, S-L-E-D, Driver. Sled Driver. And it's a, it's, it's a lot of photos taken by the actual pilot. He took it in the cockpit. You get to see the curvature of Earth. You get to see me at our refuelings. It's an amazing book. And Paul and I love the SR-71, so I got him an extra book. And I signed it. I said to my brother, Paul, you are loved. I'm at the age where, again, I want to build bridges. I want to mend those fences. And maybe, you know, we might have had a falling out, but now it's a, it's a different perspective. There's no time. I just don't have time for any animosity. All I can do is love people as best as I can. And that's what this holiday spirit is supposed to be about, ladies and gentlemen. Passing on your brotherly love to others. Maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe they're having a bad day. But you don't know what they're going through. And to see Paul in that condition. And I remember leaving. And I, 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 I was very emotional when I left. When I found out about uh, Paul's condition, I was actually crying in the car. I couldn't stop. Had to make a few phone calls. I was just a wreck. And I remember leaving Paul's house, and Miss Brazil was very kind to me, and 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 I think she's warming up to me. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> I always bring her flowers and wine. I brought her. I found her weakness: cheesecake. Who would have known? Cheesecake. That's it. <laughs> and she was very kind to me, and we hugged. And I got to see little Dory and her husband again, and we all kind of talked and hugged. And I left the house, and I got in the car, and then I made a good move. I got out of the car. I asked Dory, I says, would it be okay if Paul and I took a photo together? I mean, I'll keep it private and this is something for me. She says, yes, of course, please. And Paul and I took a photo together because I don't know if I'm going to be able to see him again. I want to see him again, of course, but I just don't know. So maybe that's what we can do this holiday season is just, 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 just let the quiet noise just settle. Let the white noise settle. And take lots of photos and appreciate the value and the sanctity of life, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Did I say it was going to be a short show? <laughs> I say that. Here I am rambling, folks. Oh, my goodness. And, folks, I got to say this. I want to thank you for, for, for giving us, again, a good listen. And I do hope you get a lot out of this. Again, I'm not your best host, but I will always give you my best. So thank you for listening. And. We want to always thank our good friend Pat Metheny of the Pat Metheny Group and his musicians and management for allowing us the honor and privilege to play his songs in the beginning and the end of the show. And uh, again, you never know in the course of a life what events may transpire, ladies and gentlemen. So please keep the faith because you never know what the tide's going to bring in the next day. Okay? One day at a time, ladies and gentlemen, one breath at a time, and you can change your life. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, please 
take good care. Do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. Help out others. Help yourself, but help out others. I always like to open up a door for people and say, Sir and ma'am. And if people get, I don't like to be called Sir and ma'am. Don't do Be quiet. I'm giving you a blessing. Own it and move on. So take good care, ladies and gentlemen. So until next time, good day, good luck, and as always, God bless.